and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. But right now, what I want to do is I want to, I want to share from a scripture. Now it's pretty, we're going there tonight. Are you guys all right with that? We're going to have church tonight. We're going to open the Word of God tonight. We're going to dive right in tonight. And I really feel that this, um, this verse is powerful. And when we break it open throughout this message, hopefully it's meaningful to you and it's something that God can use. But it really, this message really came out of a distinct moment in my life just as I was finishing school. And so I thought tonight as I was preparing, you know, there are some people here and you're in that window. We had that whole crew of people that are going over on a schoolish trek to Fiji. How cool is that? Who wishes they were going to Fiji next week? How amazing is that? Um, but God bless you as you go and God's got stuff for you. But I just remember this is a really special time in my life and God did something powerful in me that is still echoing, I believe, t- today. And so if you have your Bibles, I want to start with a verse uh, from Luke chapter 9. We're going to read two verses, verse 23 and 24. And if you don't have your Bibles, that's okay. We'll have it on the screens for you. And this is what it says. It's Jesus talking and then it says, He said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. You guys okay? Well, tonight, if you're taking notes, the title of this message is All In. All In. We're going to pray. God, we just thank you so much. Lord, that you have a plan and a purpose for every single person here, God. And no matter where we are right now, no matter what life has looked like up until this moment, Lord, that you have a next step, that you have called us to a life of trust. Lord, that as we place our trust, we put our faith in you, God, that you are so faithful to show us life and life to the full. And I ask you right now, God, just to move powerfully tonight in people's hearts as we dive into the Scriptures in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Uh, so I was, I was a teenager when I first walked into this place on a Sunday night, not dissimilar to tonight, and I was 13, and I rocked in with my parents, who that morning had come to our church and had a radical encounter with Jesus. Uh, if you haven't heard my story, basically we weren't brought up in a church like this. My mum and dad, you know, beautiful people, they had three boys, I'm the middle, middle son of three, three boys, and we had hit those teenage years pretty hard, to be honest. And my older brother's a bit older than me and he is going one direction fast. And then here I am, 13-year-old, following quickly. We've got another uh, brother, a little bit younger. And mum and dad are just like, my gosh, where are these boys headed? This is not necessarily good, right? And they were also at that time having some challenges in their marriage. And so life was complicated, right? And they they went to a marriage counselling session, which was actually in this building uh, when there was a a counselling and medical centre attached to it. And while they were there, they said, what is this place? And, and someone said to them, it's a church. And they said, well, it doesn't look like a church. And, you know, where's all the stained glass windows? Where's the statues? But in their heart, they said, we should come and check it out, see what this is like. And so they did. That next Sunday morning, they came with my younger brother and they, they had an encounter with God. There's no other way to put it. They had a moment where they just knew that they needed God, that Jesus was... The, the one that needed to lead them in life and they laid their lives down before him and then went home and said, boys, you've got to come to this church. Now, we weren't interested uh, in going to church at the time, but my little brother said that they have drums 
And I said, no, they don't as a church. And he says, no, they do. And the drums have a force field, as you can see. And so I'm like, I was a drummer at the time. And I'm like, all right, drums have a force field. I'll come check it out. And I walked into a very passionate place full of people uh, lifting their hands, singing out loud, people my age who were going for it. And it was a bit of a shock to my system. But something in my heart was like, this is for you. And about three weeks later, I came to a point in my life where I said, you know what, Jesus, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to behave. I don't know what I'm meant to do next, but I am saying yes to you. And I remember at the end of that service, someone asked if I, would, if, if I wanted to pray this prayer and, and I did. And so I put my hand up when they asked me to and then we prayed this powerful prayer. And it was the moment that I believe I was born again. I came alive in God. Something began that has never ended. The Bible calls it, you know, the old is gone, the new has come. You are a new creation. And so this moment happens and I just was in love with God. And if you're a teenager in this place, part of our youth ministry, how good is it when you're in an amazing place full of faith-filled teenagers? I had mates and we would get up and pray in the mornings and I was on fire. And I remember just following Jesus uh, so passionately as a teenager. And I remember when I came to the end of school, I found myself confronted with this challenging sort of season of life where I was around friends that were making decisions that were so different to the decisions I felt in my heart I should be making. And I remember being almost like conflicted, being like, but I want, I want what they've got so bad. But I know that like the life that I'm choosing in Christ, in Jesus, is calling me to lay it all down and it's going to cost so much. And I remember being sort of confronted and I came to this point where I really felt in my heart, God was leading me to a place where He was saying to me, you know, you can't half surrender to me. You can't half give me your life. You can't sort of trust me, but then try and handle and, and do everything on your own or do things in your way. You actually need to come to a place where you are going to actually lay down your life and completely trust me. And it was, a, it was a big moment. And it was really, I felt the Holy Spirit leading me to an all or nothing moment. It was like, Tim, I want you. And I want all of you. And I have a plan and a purpose for your life. And I need you to trust me. But it's going to take all of you. And I'm going to ask you to lay it all down. But as we just read there, anyone who tries to hold on to their life will lose it. Anyone who loses their life for my sake will truly find it. And I found myself confronted with this choice where God is like, I need your life, Tim. I need you to choose me. I need you to lay it down. I need you to make me number one. And all I had was a promise from God that if I truly did this in my heart and chose Him and, and everything that went with that, that He was going to come through and I was going to experience life as He intended me to experience. And I suppose... What I was confronted with is the question, do I really believe this? Do I, do I really believe this? Or is this just a great group of people that I've become friends with? A great environment that I enjoy? Or is there faith in my heart? Do I really believe that Jesus is who He says He is? that He did what He did for me to experience life and life to the full. Do I really believe this? And you know what? I decided in my heart that I did. I decided, you know what? I do. I believe that Jesus is who He says He is and I am going to put my life in 
his hands. And, you know, that, that decision is harder than you think. You know, I, I, I've read it in the Bible. <laughs> you see people just putting their life in God's hands completely. And so in your own devotional life, you're seeing examples of people laying their life down for him, following him, abandoning everything else in pursuit of him. And so I knew that it was there. I had, um, I'd heard preaching and preachers talk about it a hundred times. Trust God, lay your life down. He'll come through. He's good. Give it all. And I, and I heard pre- and then I had leaders that I admired and looked up to and they were leading and encouraging me down that same path of trusting God, giving God everything. You know, but the truth is at the end of the day, it has to be a decision in your own heart. And it has to be a moment that every single person comes to where they choose for themselves to go all in, to put their life in God's hands regardless of what comes of it. And that was the hard part because I had great plans for my life. I wanted to start some businesses. I wanted to meet someone, get married, have kids. You know, I wanted to be doing all these things that I thought would make life what I wanted it to be. And it wasn't that God was saying none of those things would happen. It was God saying, Will you trust me regardless of if those things happen? And it was harder than I thought. And so I prayed this very dangerous prayer (laughs) when I was about probably 19 or 20. And in my immaturity, you know, I put this time limit on it. Not that I had a plan afterwards to do anything different, but I just remember praying this prayer before God in my heart. And it was basically like, Jesus... I am going to give you absolutely everything. This next year, I was looking down the barrel of a year and we're coming up to the end of a year and looking into January moving forward. And I think that's for me part of what it was. I'm like, this year, God, I'm going to do everything that you lead me to do. I am going to completely follow you with my whole life. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like. But if you ask me to speak to someone in the street, I'm going to say yes. If you ask me to go overseas, I'm going to say yes. God, if you ask me to sell everything and give it to the poor, I'm going to say yes. It was like this radical moment for me where out loud, out of my mouth, in prayer, I said, Jesus, I am all in. And it was this full on like crossing of a line moment where I entered into this faith space and I basically abandoned, it felt like, my own ability to decide and control where I ended up and placed myself completely in the hands of of God. And I honestly did my very best to live like that. That prayer was a cry of my heart, I believe prompted by the Holy Spirit who was wooing me to himself saying, trust me. And then I walked that out as best I could. I'd seek God, I'd do my best to lean into God, to learn about God, to hear God's voice. And you know, that, that year was crazy because I lived this faith life. And I find myself at the end of the year being like, God is so faithful. I have just laid my life down and I have experienced more from Him than I've ever given up. And so the year rolled into another year, (laughs) rolled into five years, rolled into 10 years, rolled into this year. And here I am 15, 16 years later, never having in my heart pulled back from that desire to live completely surrendered to Jesus, to live completely behind whatever it is that He has for my life. And you might be thinking, well, you know, it's easy for you because your life is awesome. (laughs) Well, first of all, you don't know me, (laughs) right? (laughs) You don't know me. And 
first of all, my life is awesome. And, uh, and secondly, you honestly don't know the journey because it hasn't all been awesome. <laughs> and, you know, hopefully as pe- preachers preach, you do get to hear some of the stories. And I have shared many stories where I've felt the challenges. But, you know, the thing about my life isn't that it's all been good since that moment. But it's that God kept His promise to be with me from that moment. You know, um, His promise is not circumstances always going in your favour, things working out how you intended them to work out. His promise is His presence. Hebrews 13 verse 5 says, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Referring back to a verse from Deuteronomy. And His gift, life itself, is His presence. You know, um, following Jesus isn't always easy. And I suppose when we get to the heart of tonight's message, it is this decision to follow Him, no matter what it costs, no matter what it means, no matter what you have to lay down, with faith that He is faithful. And... I remember um, coming across this particular passage in one of my quiet times in John chapter 6, right? And, you know, following Jesus isn't always easy. Even when he was alive, it wasn't easy. He's got all these followers and, you know, often when you've got followers, you want to keep everyone happy and try to do things that everyone will appreciate. Not Jesus. He was like, I'm going where I'm going and why don't you, why don't you follow me, right? And he had this particular moment of really strong teaching. The Bible literally says that people started to stop following him, stop it was too much. This teaching is too much, they said. I, I, I can't do this anymore. And in, in verse 66 of John 6, it says this, From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. How about that? Jesus himself. Himself, in the flesh, leading, speaking. People were like, nah, it's too much. And In verse 67, he turns to his 12 and he says, you don't want to leave me too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Do you know, living living for God is somewhat of a paradox. (laughs) Talk about paradoxes a little bit lately. But a paradox, if you're not sure what a paradox is, is something that is seemingly contradictory or opposed to common sense, yet it's true. And, you know, this this verse that Jesus shares or the, the, the sentence Jesus shares when He says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. Is, is like a paradox. It sort, of, it sort of doesn't really make sense. It's like, how can you gain life by losing it? And, and if you try and hold on to life, wouldn't you have more life? It doesn't really make sense logically, but then Jesus says it. And it's one of those things that as you live it, you realise how true it actually is. He asks you to completely trust Him, to completely empty yourself, to completely surrender your life, to follow Him regardless of what it costs you. And He says to do that and all you have on the other side is a promise. Before you see the promise fulfilled, He asks you to give, you, give Him your life. This is the great step of faith, to completely let go and trust Him with everything. I actually feel right now, <laughs> just to pause, and I feel there's a couple of people in this room and the Holy Spirit is honestly knocking on your heart and He's saying, this is, 
This is for you because you're at a point where, like me, you're conflicted and you want to know what God's plans are before you say yes, but He's saying, trust me. And you're like, yeah, but I don't know if I can handle the cost. And He says, trust me. But what will it mean for my future? He says, trust me. And at the end of the day, what we're talking about here is, is what it means to follow Jesus. This is what being a disciple of Jesus is actually all about. You know, the Great Commission, it, it goes on, uh, the Great Commission, if you're unsure what it is, is Jesus telling His disciples to go and, and share this good news and to make more disciples. And He says to them, He goes, you're to baptise in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and then you are to teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And teaching people to obey something... <laughs> is pretty full on because you can't teach someone to obey unless you've first obeyed. And so he watched in their life, this transition takes place, this transformation take place as they began to trust him. And he's saying, now I want you to teach others to obey me as well. And obedience isn't one of those things that we talk about a lot, but it is absolutely central and crucial to our walk with Jesus. Obedience is actually what makes you a disciple of Jesus. You know, when it said in Luke chapter 9, 23, it says, He said to them, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. And I might just ask the keys to come back if that's okay, Grace or Gabe, not sure who it is, but would love just uh, as we come into the end part of this message, just to just to have soft hearts towards God and to really focus our attention on Him. You know, in this Scripture, this one passage of Scripture, there are three powerful things that Jesus teaches us about obedience. What it means to be somebody who has crossed that line and said, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to be all in. Firstly, obedience is an act of humility. It's an act of humility. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. They must put themselves aside. They must not do what they want or think is best, but they must put that aside to follow me. Discipleship is actually humbling yourself before God and recognising that He is God. And when I came to that point in my heart, the real question I ultimately asked as I shared with you is, do I truly believe this? And in my heart, I did. In my heart, I believe that He is God. And what that does is it brings us into a place of humility where we actually learn to place ourselves in His hands and to trust Him completely. If someone will not humble themselves and accept Jesus as Lord of their life, then they won't be walking in obedience. If they will not let Him be Lord and if they will not follow His lead in obedience, then He is not the one who is Saviour of their life. Humility is required for obedience. Proverbs 3, 5-6, to we all love it, says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. You know, as a disciple of Jesus, you're not always going to understand what it is He's doing. And you need to decide whether or not you're going to trust Him, whether or not you believe He's God, whether or not you will humble yourself, deny yourself and say, not what I think is best, but God, I choose to follow You. We don't always know what it is, but a willingness to follow Him regardless is what humility looks like. I want to ask you this question. When was the last time you felt God disagree with you? Because if your God is always agreeing with everything you feel, 
then there's, there's a good chance that you're not following God, but you're following God as you designed Him to be. <laughs> and remember, He is the Creator. We are made in His image. And so sometimes as a, as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus, there have been times when I have read in Scripture something. I've felt the Holy Spirit speak to me something and I'm like, I don't understand this, God. Why would you call me to this? Or God, why when I'm trusting you, is this happening in my life? And it doesn't make sense. But it takes humility to say, God, I don't need to understand everything. Because it's not about me, it's about you. And I choose to trust you. Obedience, firstly, is an act of humility. Secondly, obedience is an act of courage. It goes on to say, whoever wants to be my disciple must take up their cross daily. Following Jesus requires courage. And in our day and age, it requires great courage. To be a Christian in our society where not everyone is favourable towards our faith, not everyone understands why we believe what we believe, not everyone can see what it is that you see, it takes great courage. But we must understand that Courage is required to follow Jesus. If you want to be a disciple, then you must take up your cross daily. What God calls you to isn't easy. There's a cost to following Jesus. I remember literally the year, the, the, at the beginning of the year after I prayed this prayer, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me saying, you don't really know much about who I am from Scripture. And I said, how do I learn? And I started to look into how I can learn more about God. And, and I, I, I enrolled in Bible college for, one, for a year because I realised that I didn't know who He was. And I left my job. <laughs> I had a full-time job. I was making money at 20. I was working in the city and felt God say, come on, this is what I'm asking you to do. And I had to have courage to say, all right, I'll take this step of faith. Not knowing anything that God had for me in my future, I took this step of faith and said, yes. And you know what? It's so important that as followers of Jesus, we recognise that it will take courage sometimes to do what God says. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not God. And I don't know, maybe for you, God's calling you to a step of faith and you are like, but God, I'm scared. But God, what if it doesn't work out? But God, I don't understand what that's all about. Sometimes it just takes courage. Obedience is an act of humility. Obedience is an act of courage. Obedience is an act of faith. Whoever wants to be my disciple must Follow me. Follow me. You know, no one can believe on your behalf. No one can be obedient on your behalf. We must all pass the test of obedience as disciples of Jesus. We are all given an opportunity to follow Him. And He asks us to put put our faith in Him. You know, when Jesus called all all of His disciples, it's amazing, you can read it. Uh, in, the, in the Gospels when He says, come follow Me. And it says, leaving their nets, leaving everything behind, they, they went and followed Him. And think about the miracles that those followers saw, the things that are recorded and the things that aren't recorded that happen. Powerful, right? But you know, there's another disciple that Jesus called that was not able to follow. You know, this guy is called the rich young ruler. The Bible says this in Mark 10, 17. It says, As Jesus started on His way, a man ran up to Him and fell on his knees before Him. Good teacher, He asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one's good except God alone. 
You know the commandments, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't give false testimony, don't defraud, honour your father and mother. Teacher, he says, I have done all these things since I was a child. I love this verse, right? Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. He looked at him, loved him and said, he looked at a man who had done so much for God, but his heart was divided. And he says, come on, there's a little bit left. Come on, I need to be your God. I can tell there's something in your heart that right now is God. And that is what you're placing your trust in. That's what you're placing your hope in. That's what you think makes you secure. That's what you think brings life. But I love you so much. I'm going to speak to that thing and ask you to lay it down. And he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. He just was like, said he went away sad because he had great wealth. This thing gripped his heart. And I suppose what I want to do tonight and what I felt on my heart to do tonight is to create a space where you can again have an encounter with Jesus who is calling you to completely surrender your life to Him. And I honestly believe that if you would lay down your life for Him, that you will truly find life. Now my life isn't perfect, but my gosh, after 15 years of doing my very best to follow Jesus, I look at my life and I thank God because so much of what God has done in my heart, done in my life, done through my life is from Him and not from me. All glory to God. And sometimes people are like, well, how do you, how do you have a great marriage? How do, you, you know, how do you love God and hear God's voice? And to be honest, it all comes back to a moment when I was a 20-year-old and I said, God, I'm choosing to go all in, no matter what it costs. And I wonder tonight if there are some people in the room and you're at a place and you feel the Holy Spirit saying to you, come on, you've been sitting on this fence deciding whether or not to trust me, whether or not to give me everything, whether or not to put me first, whether or not to seek me and, and, and forsake all other things. And He's saying, if you would trust me, you will see how true it is that you will find life and life to the full. Can I just ask everyone just to stand up for a moment? Why don't you just close your eyes? I want you to just open up your heart to heaven. And I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to pray right now. Lord, we just thank You so much for what You're doing in people's hearts. Lord, I thank You that You are calling us to radical obedience to You, to follow You with everything. Jesus, You've called us to surrender, to lay down our life. God, to put You first. And so I pray right now, God, that You would do a powerful work in anyone who right now is feeling God, the Holy Spirit, calling them to trust Him. He looks at you. He loves you. And what does He say to you? This rich young ruler, the thing that had his heart was his wealth. What has your heart? He looked at him. He loved him. And he said, He looks at you. He loves you. And he says, Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, 
please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.